0: Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Even though physically I did not feel well yesterday, the Spirit of God, very strong, began to minister to me and share the message that I will communicate to you today and I pray that I will communicate this message and this word in the same way that I have received it from the Lord. I believe it's a timely message. It is not only for this house because I will be speaking generally to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are part of that church but you are not the entire church. And so I pray that the Spirit of God will speak through my lips today and communicate this prophetic message that I believe is so timely for the Church of the Lord Jesus. I want to talk to you about a great mystery this morning. Paul called it a great mystery in Ephesians chapter 5. And that great mystery is Christ and the Church. And in order to lay foundation on this word that that I will be giving you, I will read a few passages from the book of Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with verse 25 to 32. Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with 25 through to 32. Paul is addressing here the covenant relationship between husband and wife and he goes on uh, he talks to the wives and he says, "Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands." Then it comes down to the husbands and he says, "Husbands love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy, and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I want us to focus on the last verse, verse 32, where Paul says, this is a great mystery. And he wasn't talking primarily about the covenant between husband and wife. He was talking about our glorious union with Christ. He the head, we the body. And he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we see here in the verses that we've just read, that Paul compares the union between a husband and his wife to that of Christ and the church. In fact, he says, I'm actually speaking about Christ and the church. The whole discourse, what we just read, is about the mystery of our union with Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, in the relationship between a husband and a wife, Paul was giving us something that is tangible, something that is physical and visible, in order to illustrate And reveal to us a greater truth that is spiritual and invisible, which has greater significance and value in the scope of eternity. So he presents us a picture of a husband and a wife that we can see, that we can uh, touch, in order to explain to us this great mystery of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he himself called it a great mystery. Now, what is a mystery? A mystery is something that is impossible to understand or explain except by revelation of the Holy Spirit. That is a mystery. You cannot understand it with your natural mind with your logic. You need the intervention of the Holy Spirit to be able to discern and to see into this mystery. A mystery is a hidden truth that cannot be understood without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that is what Paul gives us here. Paul is saying here that our union with Christ and His body is a great mystery, and it needs to be explained and understood only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that without this proper revelation or understanding of the value and the significance of our union with Christ, as well as our union with each other, we will not be able to respond accordingly. Or to treat the body of Christ the way we should. Amen? Amen. Now, let me ask a question. What is the church? Because we may have different ideas and thoughts of what the church is. So I'm asking the question, what is the church? The church as we refer to Is not a physical building, as we sometimes call it. Where are you going? I'm going to church. Well, if I am the church, how can I go to church? (laughs) (laughs) Amen? If we are the church, how can we go to church? Why? Because we're referring to the church as a physical building. It's not a geographical location where we gather often to worship God, pay our tithes, and hear a sermon of encouragement. It is not a place for our amusement or a place of our entertainment. That's not the church. It is also not a place where we display and show off our achievements in the flesh. Amen? The church is not defined by buildings, neither is it defined by budgets or numbers. You hear people sometimes say, oh, that is a great church. Why is it a great church? Well, it's got so many people in it. Does that make it a great church? Oh, what a beautiful building they built. Glorious. Does that make it? No. We cannot define the church by buildings, by budgets, amen, or numbers. The church can only be defined by the glory and the presence of God that resides within it. Amen? Amen. That's the only way that we can define the church. The glory of God, the presence of God, is the only force that can can define the church. The The church is so much more than what we often perceive or understand. Now, without a clear understanding of what the church is and is not, we will be severely impaired in our attitude and our behavior towards the church. If you don't have a revelation of what the church is, who the church is, our attitude and behavior toward the church will be severely impaired. And that's what's happening today. The church is a spiritual habitation of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Word of God says the church is the house of God. Amen. It is the family we belong to. It's not a geographical location. It's not a physical building. It is a family you and I belong to from where we are nurtured, we are strengthened, we are equipped, and from where we are sent out and commissioned to prosper in every sphere of our lives. Amen. That's one definition of the church. Amen. It's your family. It's the place where you are nurtured, where you are strengthened, where you are trained, where you are equipped, where you are covered, where you are protected, and where you are ultimately commissioned into your life's mission. Paul writes to Timothy, saying in 1 Timothy 3.15, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. He's defining what the church is. He calls the church the house of God, the habitation of God. As well, he says, as the pillar and the ground of the truth. The Bible says that the church is the place of commanded blessing. When we learn to love one another, to serve one another, when we learn to submit to spiritual authority, it becomes the place of the commanded blessing of the Lord. You know the very scripture that says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's where the Lord commands the blessing. Amen. It is the spiritual place of training and working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, Paul says. This is where we learn to work out our own differences. Respect each other's point of view regardless of our position or our possessions, Amen? This is where we exercise patience and tolerance with one another. This is where we learn to keep covenant. Amen? Amen. Amen? Praise God. The church is the place of building and nurturing relationships, keeping covenant, and learning how to sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of others. This is where we learn how to love one another. And if we don't learn how to love one another here, how are we going to love those that are outside? Amen? Amen. This is where we exercise long-suffering and patience with one another. Because we are all different. We all made differently. We come from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different cultures, and we merge into this beautiful body, the body of Christ. The Bible says we are all baptized into one spirit. Amen. Amen. We are members of one another. We are members of Christ's body, flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. Amen. The way we treat one another reflects how we respond and treat the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 This is where we receive counsel and the wisdom of God. We receive prayer and protection from the wiles of the devil. This is where you find your protection. As long as you remain and abide under the covering of the church that God has planted you in and placed you in. And, you know, in the early days of the church, if they had put someone out of the fellowship of his members, it was like delivering him into the hands of Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his soul might be saved. Did you know that? Yes. When they took someone out of the fellowship of the church, they were handing him, literally to Satan. That's what the book of Corinthians tells us. For the destruction of the flesh. While he was in the church and in the fellowship, Satan couldn't touch him. He, was, he had to be put outside. Now, it's outside of this invisible spiritual covering that covers the people of God. There is a cloud of glory upon each and every assembly. And that cloud of glory covers and protects us from the enemy as we remain and abide in the Lord and in the fellowship that God has called us to. Amen. 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 As long as he remained this person in the church, the the devil couldn't touch him. You see, in, in the early days, the church was feared and highly respected by believers, as well as unbelievers, because everyone understood what and who the church was and is. The church had power, had authority, respect and honor by both believers and unbelievers. Today we lost most of that. And believe me, we have no one to blame but ourselves. The church is the collective assembly of all born again and blood-washed believers. It is the body of Christ. And unless we learn to treat each other with respect and honor, sooner or later we will come under the judgment of God. Unless we learn how to love one another as the Lord commanded us, Love one another as I have loved you. Now, how did Jesus love us? By sacrificing his own self. Serve one another. Look out for each other. Sacrifice ourselves for the nurture and development of those whom God has placed in our lives. And unless we do that, we will never reach our true potential and fulfill our destiny. This is how we fulfill our true potential. This is how we fulfill our God-given purpose. By loving one another and serving one another. And I want to read to you a portion of Scripture that Paul wrote to the Corinthians concerning the body of Christ and the community to which we are part of and belong to. And I'm going to read from... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17 through to 32. He gives them, he talks to them about communion, when they gather together and they receive communion. He has much to say concerning this that we can learn today from what he wrote. He writes, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. These believers in Corinth, they came together for worse, Paul It's better, he says, that you stay home, that you don't come together. Because when you come together, he says, it's not for the better, but for the worse. Why was he telling them that? Well, he tells us, for first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. Do you see what was happening there? There was no respect for each other, there was no love. The poor people were left to themselves. They were hungry while the rich were feasting and getting drunk. And he says, what? He says, don't you have homes to do that? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? You see what they were doing? By the very behavior and attitude, they were despising the house of God, the church of God. They were not treating the church the way they should. They were not treating each other the way they should. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Please pay attention to these words. These folks had no discernment whatsoever concerning the Lord's body. Because, he said, you did not discern the body of the Lord. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or have died prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. You see, these believers in Corinth, because they had no discernment. They didn't understand who the church is. They mistreated, they despised the house of God. They misbehaved toward each other. They came under judgment as a result and of the attitude and behavior toward each other. He said, for this reason, many are weak. Many are sick. And many have died prematurely. Amen. It's no different today. So much competition in the church. So much display of the flesh, divisions. So much disrespect for other believers who maybe belong to another fellowship or they believe different from us. And as a result of that, many within the house of God are weak. Many are sick today. And many have died prematurely. I've heard of a minister of the gospel who at age of 45 died. And this other minister was was talking in his sermon and he said, This man of God did not respect his wife. He mistreated and abused his wife. And the Lord told him, as a result of that, he died prematurely. Listen, folks, God highly values relationships. Yes. Amen. And we must come to the place where we must recognize one another as members of the same body, treat each other with respect, with honor. Amen. Amen. Serve one another sacrifice our own desires and our own selfishness for the benefit of others. Today most people come to church for what they can get rather than what they can give. What can this church do for me? What can this ministry do for me? That is not the attitude of Christ. When God joins you to a family He joins you so that you may give of what He's given unto you. Serve, love, Amen. And that is the way of promotion in the kingdom of God. Amen. And if you come to seek what you can get, you won't be blessed. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. It's like you stand in front of the fireplace and you say, give me some heat, I'll give you some wood. Well, you got to put some wood in before it gives you heat. Amen. You know, most believers today, the mentality is like this. They've never put anything inside and they expect the blessing of the Lord. That's right. Exodus says 23-25, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and He shall bless your bread and your water. First comes the service and then comes the blessing. Yes. Amen. Not the blessing first. Amen. 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 So these believers came under the judgment of God. And the reason for that, Paul said to them, you fail to discern the body of Christ by not recognizing, by not honoring, by not respecting one another as you should. That's why many are sick and weak and many have died prematurely. Well, in sharing these things, I want you to know that it's not for the purpose of judging or condemning us today but rather for the purpose of bringing change in our perception and our attitude towards the body of Christ. There are some things that grieve the heart of the Father terribly. They grieve the Holy Spirit when our attitude and our behavior towards our brethren is not what it should be. Right. Amen. It pains his heart. It breaks his heart. That's why Paul writing to the Philippians, he says, fulfill ye my joy by being like-minded. Now he's speaking from the heart of the father, he says. The way we give joy to our heavenly father is by being in harmony, being like-minded of one mind and of one accord. We don't do things out of selfish ambition. We don't look only after our own interests, but the interests of others as well. And that's what Paul is saying here. We need, I'm bringing this so that we need to change our attitude towards the body of Christ, towards the church. Change is necessary and part of growth and spiritual development. Without change, there is no growth. Amen? Amen. We need to change in our way of thinking. We need to change in the way we speak about one another. You know, people leave the church and the next thing that happens, they badmouth the church. How bad it is there. And become critical and judgmental. But they do not realize that by doing that, they're bringing themselves under severe judgment. Fine, if you're not happy where you are and you believe God is calling you somewhere else. Leave with the blessing of the leadership and keep your mouth shut. Amen. Amen. Don't badmouth the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So much of that is going on today. I am tired of it. It grieves the heart of God. As I say, we need to change In our way of speaking, in our way of thinking, and in our behavior towards the church. Our attitude towards the church is often critical and judgmental. Unloving and without compassion or mercy. That's the truth. This has to change. It must change. It will change. We cannot remain this way. Amen. Amen. God has given us time, so much time, and he has been very, very patient with us and long-suffering. This patience and long-suffering of God must not be misunderstood as though God overlooks this kind of behavior towards the church. The Bible says that God's long-suffering and patience with us is for the purpose of bringing us to a place of repentance. That's why God is long suffering and pa- he does not overlook these things, he does not condone these things. But he is loving and patient and long suffering, giving us plenty of time, hoping and believing that we would come to a place where we would realize what we are doing and repent and change our attitude and behavior. Romans 2, verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Amen? Amen. It's the goodness of God, the patience of God, the long suffering of God that brings us to repentance. The problem that we face today is not really what's taking place within the church. It's not what we see and hear, but rather our response to what goes on in the church. God is able to heal and to deliver and to restore us, but it's the way we respond that is the problem. If we respond in a godly manner to the present state of the church, God is able to bring healing, deliverance and restoration to the church. Amen. Before Jesus returns, the church will be in a state of glory. The Bible says that the glory of the latter house is greater than the glory of the former house. This, this promise from God still needs to be fulfilled in our lives. Amen. God is able to heal. God is able to respond. God is able to restore if we respond to what we see in a godly manner. But if we don't respond in a godly manner, but rather in an ungodly manner like, well, we withdraw, we disengage. So many people are discouraged from the church. They've been hurt. So what do they do? They withdraw. They disengage from the life of the church. They start bad-mouthing, criticizing the church, and they stay home. This happens to many, many, many believers. Why? Because they have not understood to respond in a godly manner. Amen? If we, if we respond in an ungodly manner by withdrawing and disengaging and criticizing, we become puppets in the hands of the enemy Amen. and we do His work for Him. Yes. Amen. 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 The godly response, I believe, to the present state of the church is to give ourselves to continued prayer and intercession on behalf of the church. What do we do when we see these things? Sure, the church is not perfect. Sure, you're going to get hurt from time to time. But the question is, what will you do when you get hurt? Amen? Amen. How would you respond? God is looking for intercessors today. God is looking for people who will give themselves continually to prayer on behalf of His church on behalf of his body that he shed his own precious blood for. If we cry out to God, I believe, from a heart that is broken and contrite because of the division, the competition, and the selfish ambitions we see in the church, I believe God will hear such prayer from a broken heart. In my personal opinion I do believe that this is the greatest need of the church today God is looking for the prayer warriors where are you prayer warriors where are the intercessors that will cry out to God from a heart that is contrite and broken as they see the state and the condition of the body of Christ As we behold all of these things that are going on. Not just in our little fellowships. But I'm talking about the church. The body of Christ. A month doesn't go by where I would hear of this minister falling into sin. Of the other one running away with his secretary. Disrepute to the body of Christ. It breaks the heart of God. And God is calling us. To a place of prayer, to a place of fasting, to a place of sacrifice, to a place of perseverance on our knees so God will hear and intervene and bring restoration and revival within His church. It's not going to happen by wishing and by good intentions. And I believe that from a place of true repentance, There will come a prayer that is filled with power, that is filled with grace to release the church from its bonds and from its afflictions. Isaiah puts it so beautifully in Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Listen to what Isaiah says, and I believe this this prophetic word is for us today. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. I can tell you story after story how God delivered me not only from physical death from from many pitfalls of the enemy because I had people in my life who were praying for me they rescued me literally with the prayers I would have surely have fallen I would have surely been dead I would not be in the ministry today if it were not for these faithful prayer warriors that have prayed, that have lifted me up to the Lord and cried out to God and interceded on my behalf and the behalf of my family. He said, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent. And give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. We have a long way to go. Thank God we're not where we have been. We have made progress, but there's still a long way to go. Amen. Amen. And I pray that God will give us such a revelation of his body. Who is the body of his members so that when we look at each other as the Apostle Jim said don't just look at the physical case look at the person inside look at the soul look at the spirit recognize that they are members of the same body you are and as we read in the beginning no one has ever hated his own flesh Because we are flesh and bone of each other. We belong to each other. God has called us together and joined us, beautifully fitted us together. So that we may run the race and fulfill the call of God in our lives. And we cannot do that unless we learn to love, to respect, to honor, and and appreciate one another as we ought to. Amen. Amen? Paul says, this is a great mystery. These Corinthians, they were carnal. Carnality permeated the church. And as a result, they were judged. Paul writes to them, says, I do not praise you. What are you doing? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? How is it that you behave like mere men? amen may the Lord bring us to a place of change of true repentance where we no longer excuse our behavior but as Paul says judge yourselves because if we don't judge ourselves guess what God will judge us yes Lord I'm sorry I spoke against this brother. I spoke against this sister. I spoke against this church. Forgive me for my lack of love, my lack of compassion, my lack of understanding. I repent. Help me to treat my fellow believers the way you want me to treat them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the revelation and the mystery of Christ and the church. Thank you that for this church, you have shed your own precious blood, purchased the church with your blood. You love the church so much, dear Lord Jesus. May you give us the same love, the same compassion, that we may labor, continue to pray, Continue to treat each other with love, honor, and respect, Lord. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh upon us. And open our eyes to see things we have not seen. Understand things we have not understood. In the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.